0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Cultures. I have my guest here with me today. You know the drill. If I bring them on here, it's because I think they're so great. There's no introduction I can give for them. They just got to do it themselves. Who am I with today?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Labrea. I am a biomedical researcher. I know it doesn't look like that based on my appearance, but scientists do look like this. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in biology, and I've been doing this for about almost seven years now. And soon I will be ending this job and going back to school to get my second degree in nursing so I can be an RN.
0: Okay, no, that's this really cool. You are a successful black scientist in bench research. Your name has been included in multiple papers. First author, correct? No. We'll second. author. The, the point is <laughs> people who, who don't know nothing about papers, it don't matter. It don't it's matter.
1: true. The second author, we I um, I was the lackey.
0: <laughs> you're the lab tech. You're the lab tech who did all the work. It's true. <laughs> but the, the point I'm trying to get across is that you you know what you're doing in the lab. Met you at ANT. Mm-hmm. We were both in a research summer program called IJam. And it, started, right. it was a bench research kind of introductory lane for biology students who wanted to get into biomedical research. It was a really cool opportunity, super cool mentor. Got to go to Canada and Texas to see some pretty dope, like, projects people were working on. I remember Berkeley, like, this is back in 2013, so they probably, like, way past this. I don't know, they were engineering E. coli to, like, produce the pigmentation that are used for blue jeans dye, so that That's they get cool. oil-free essentially green, blue jeans. And I was just like, oh yeah, we don't get the same level of funding, bro. We, we We trying to make our bugs glow. <laughs> 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 we, we, not, these are not the same grants. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Endowment, geez. God
1: changing the world and we're trying to paint things on
0: petri dishes, not real. the same. still very important we're trying to create a learning tool but it's true it's true is dimension the difference (laughs) (laughs) so yeah no that's where we met uh both got pretty good introductory research into that both went down pathways which involved us actually being at the bench and doing research she's a successful seven-year track record multiple papers like at the end of the day she knows what she's doing very competent and her boss loves her because like she just gets it done. What encouraged you to go from like the bench to nursing? Just curious.
1: So actually before I even got into lab work, I actually wanted to be a doctor at first. And so I thought, well, getting research experience might look good on my resume for when I want to apply to medical school. And then that just that just didn't happen. And by the time I became serious about actually going to medical school, I was just thinking, I don't wanna be in school for four years. I'm just gonna be honest about it. And I knew that I still wanted to be in medicine so that I could be of help to the people, particularly people that look like you and me. So I thought, well, the next best thing would be nursing. Actually, that is, in my opinion, more helpful because I'm getting hands on with patients and being by their side and really getting to know them and like having to treat them compared to if I was a doctor. So I think I made the right decision going this way.
0: Yeah, no, I can definitely agree with that because, uh, like you're at a place in which you'll be a nurse with very extensive research experience, like doctors with extensive research experience is already in high demand mm-hmm. because doctors who don't understand statistics and papers are a problem. You, like those who are like trying to prescribe pills, not not ideal whatsoever. Um, but essentially, as a nurse with research experience, you can have have more weight behind your name and behind like your understanding of certain studies. Not to mention you super organized and you know how to do that. Not saying this is what you want to do, but you do, you're, you're placed at, I'd say like, you're right where you need to be for impactful change when it comes for like helping the tailor nursing culture for African-Americans going forward. Like clearly you know what it means to be black. Clearly you know what it means to be black in medicine and you're very competent in your educational background you can make suggestions that actually matter and wouldn't be the equivalent of like you know cookies and diversity exchange. Like it's like, nah, let's solve some problems, y'all. That
1: uh, with that.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. As a friend, I'm super, super happy and excited. Looking forward to all your accomplishments in the future and just like doing your thing because love seeing people make it out here. All right, so we touched on it just a little bit, but can you briefly explain what's involved in the process of bench research and like where is your role as a scientist fitting into that? Because people don't understand that there's just like different people at different parts of the process of completing research and this pipeline is needed for everyone to like uh, really verify results.
1: So I think that bench work is probably some of the most pivotal points of any kind of research that you're doing, because at the bench is where you're doing the research. Um, There are all different types of bench work. Um, So for me in particular, I do something called immunohistochemistry. And that is when you're taking an antibody, which is in a liquid form, and you're placing it on living tissue. And there are antigens on that living tissue, the cells, that our antibody is going to connect to, and it's going to serve as a marker. So when I look at it through a microscope, that antibody is going to have a fluorescent dye linked to it. So when you put it under the scope and you hit the switch, the cells that you're looking for will light up a specific color, usually red, which is rhodamine. There's green, which is Fitzy. And then there are other ones, but those are the ones that I generally work with.
0: Cyan is yellow. I remember that. Oh,
1: yeah. I've never used cyan. (laughs) I also sometimes do uh, cell culture. Uh, Mostly I've worked with uh, cancer cells and I've also worked with liver cells, both human. So most of my work involves either human or animal, more specifically mouse or rat is what I usually work with.
0: Yes. Yeah. Both of us have done animal research. The cool thing about research is like... Uh, just like you said, uh, there's a certain amount of secrecy when it comes to data, because there's a lot of money that goes into biomedical supplies and things of that nature. So until everything's published and people can get the credit they want, you kind of got to get everything lock and key. Uh, Just kind of circling back to one of the points that you brought up that I feel like people should probably think about more as they kind of create their career paths and whatnot. Look, you gotta know how long you wanna be in school. If you don't wanna be in school for, you know, six years, which is a PhD track and well, annual, annual average, I think, for biomedical sciences. I gotta double check whether it's changed. I, I met somebody who was in it for eleven years. It's a long time. I know. Yeah. It's 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 a commitment and it's a grind. Yeah. So know what you want, go after that. And I'm proud of you for being like, This is for me, that isn't. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like um, for science, you have to really, I, I love science, but you have to really love science and want that to be your life to go down that path. So I suggest to anybody, any students that are thinking about going into research, you know, talk to researchers if you can find a way to intern so that you can really see what it's like, because they're not always going to tell you what it's like at school. They, they want you to be a patient they want you to be a researcher but they're not going to tell you the good and the bad about
0: it yeah yeah Notice plenty that doesn't come in the pamphlet yeah <laughs> <laughs> did not put that in the pamphlet but, uh, yeah talk to other researchers who have had like extensive careers in it so they can manage your expectations because i guarantee mm-hmm. whatever you think's gonna happen it's not it's yeah uh <laughs> and also if you get the chance and you graduate work in a lab so that you have an idea of what expectations and what skills you need to build in a lab setting because you know doing research while in school is cool but when you're actually being paid to do it there's a different level of demand and things you gotta you know really have in order before you can excel in that area plus by that time you have built the skill sets that allow you to transition into whatever research or lab you want to go into and you have a foundation so yeah it's all about preparation and timing so. yeah i agree with that because once you actually have a job in research
1: it's very independent. I talk to my boss maybe twice a month and during that time when we have our meetings, we talk about the things that she wants me to do and then after that I'm on my own and I have to have the skill sets to know that I can do all of this work that she needs me to do and get her the results without her constantly being around. So if you like independent work and like working by yourself, and you feel like that's like the best environment for you, then research would definitely be for you, or at least the type of research that I do, because there are some research where it's more, um, not as independent as the kind of research that I do is.
0: Some research is more team oriented. Uh, what is it in my previous, previous life as a biomedical scientist? As a, <laughs> I don't know, call it an attempt. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Don't do that to
0: yourself. Uh, We had projects that required like multiple people being involved in a necropsy. For those of you who don't know what necropsies are, at the end of a large animal experiment or small, uh, we end up harvesting all the either cells or organs from that animal so that we know from what we were trying to study what was going on internally so that we can continue to research and build upon that model. That's why there's animals and animal research what happens in a test tube and in a Petri dish isn't always what happens within like an actual, fully functioning biological dynamic system organism. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, that's the kind of stuff we did. So essentially assembly line of people just collecting supplies, collecting pieces, putting it on ice, fun stuff. Never going back. You'll never kiss
1: me. <laughs>
0: Never, never. Learned a lot. It's not for me. <laughs> Okay. Not for everyone. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. I'm so happy I'm not there because I remember growing up, I wanted to be like a BSL level four. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you got to be able to hold your pee for hours because once you scrub in, like you There's can't no scrub out. That. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not built for that. Also, I would have <laughs> been the reason why this Raccoon City outbreak. So, you know.
1: <sighs> well, at least you know that about yourself.
0: <laughs> it's half the battle. <laughs> okay, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Jumping into the next question. So when cultivating cells, in your experience, how how complicated and sensitive to the environment is cellular life, especially when you're dealing with systems with like metabolism, which is when cells are pulling from the environment to eat things and then create byproducts from that? Or signaling. Yes, cells communicate on that level in which they are reading chemical signals between each other. And then just whatever nutrients that they've become adept at utilizing for their daily functions in mice humans it it depends on the cell type um there have been cells that i've worked with uh
1: that i could literally breathe and sneeze into the flask and those cells will be just fine they'll they'll do better in life than i do But there are, there are also cells, like the cancer cells that I've worked with, where if I even wave my hand accidentally over the flask, even though my hand has been sterilized and it's gloved, it will contaminate it, and I have to start all over again. And I've been there many, many times before. There's nothing worse than going to check your cells to feed them, and then everything's cloudy, and you're like, oh, they died. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> They've been contaminated yeah. by bacteria. That's nice. It's
0: like, oh, is this media pink? Wonderful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so wow. um, for the, the type of cells that I work with, they would turn the media would turn like an orangish color. Mm. So that meant that they were acidic. So they w- it would be like an orangish color or like a yellow color and then it'd be cloudy. And when it's cloudy, cloudy means that bacteria was in them. If it's orange or yellow, that means they're too acidic. Mm. And generally you can kind of fix that by just changing the media but not always. And then you just got to start all over again, all out new cells and keep your fingers crossed for the best. Yeah.
0: It's it's very frustrating when you're like days into your cell culture and then magically everything goes wrong.
1: Yeah. it's um, I'm, I'm lucky because for me, for all of my experiments at the end of it, I have to kill my cells. So I don't, I don't have, um, Like, of course, I still have to be careful so that they can become confluent, which means that there's enough of them, there's enough cells that have grown that I can plate them individually. Uh, But after that, I throw paraformaldehyde on them to fix them, which is basically killing the cells and having them attached to the bottom of the petri dishes that I'm using. Well, I should say tissue dishes.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. And I'm enjoying how much you're going into the process for, for people who don't understand when you're plating cells... Um, you're creating a monolayer of the cells so that you can then try to do your research on how the cells interact as a group. Because cells make up, once they make up tissues, there's cells, tissues, organs, then the entire body system. Cells have to come together, working together to then form a tissue. And then whatever the tissue is doing, it's also kind of like a replication of what the organ is doing as a whole. A replication, not fully functioning form, but a replication. So you need to have the monolayer, you need to have a group of cells that are healthy so that the normal things that take place hopefully in the body can also take place in the media. The cells are producing byproducts that changes the pH of the environment. You are adding things in constantly to like keep it optimal, keep them fed, keep the pH from becoming too toxic because the body itself can regulate pH. When you have cells like this in media, they're doing what they would normally expect to do inside the body, but they don't have those systems to like, like essentially correct those. Uh, homeostatic um, Homeostatic measures, yeah. Either way, keep your pH right. Any, at any point you're taking, anytime you go into the lab, you're just playing with life. That's it. It is,
1: it's true. It's like, it's like you're kind of like you're the parent and I'm taking care of the cells. They're my children. That's a really yeah. weird analogy, but it, it kind of is like that. And yeah. uh, for, for this, um, the kind of research that I do, we're looking for specific types of cells in the cells that we have. I won't get into too much detail, but one of the things that we are looking for are, cells that contribute to wound healing in the body. So that's what our markers or antibodies that we use try to find. I could have I could have 250,000 cells in a plate and maybe less than 10% of them would actually have the markers that I need for the wound healing that I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, cause I don't know how your research goes and you probably can't share this. <laughs> <laughs> based upon the grouping together of the cells and what signals are released, it's almost like it's almost like you got a group of people and you need someone to fart. And when they fart, they let the entire group know it's time for us to fart too. (laughs) Not everyone's gonna fart, but essentially because they've communicated with whatever, whatever signaling they're using at that level, you get multiple cells participating in one specific action. You can't get them all to do it. But as long as you can get enough concentration of that, that one action that you're trying to do, that's when you can continue with the research and the study and yada, yada, yada. Point I'm trying to say is cell culture is hard and trying to find the cells that actually do what you want is hard. It's just another reason why biological life biological science just is is so complicated it's not as easy to manipulate as people think as cool as we'd like to think. you about the breakthrough and create like the wolverine like gene healing type stuff it is nah 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 yeah no the amount of people that have jokingly said oh have you found a cure for cancer yet i'm just like
1: no i have not because it doesn't work that way (laughs) it
0: doesn't (laughs) It, it really doesn't like which cancer, which,
1: yeah, which one? There's so many of them, they're not all the same, yeah. they all work completely differently and require different methods of treatment.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, like skin cancer isn't the same as your lymph node cancer or exactly. brain. You look at the survival rates of different types of cancers, and you learn very quickly they're not all the same. It, it's sad, and but it, it's real. Prostate is not the same. Was it prostate? And yeah, prostate prostate is pretty bad. Prostate is not the same as melanoma, Mm -hmm. it's not. So, huh. (laughs) Okay, this is where because we just talked about the complexities of how cellular life works, and just like how difficult it is to get things working and moving outside of the body. Once we actually get into humans, and just. trying to figure out what exactly is going on. And I don't say this in a sense as like scientists don't know what they're doing. It's not that they don't know what they're doing. It's that they are constantly trying to make sure what they observe is truly a repeatable process. So it has to be like verifiable in a sense that if I create these conditions consistently, this is what the outcome will be. So I can't make any claim I want without showing that data this is what the outcome should be. Other people can re- reproduce yes. what I do in the lab. Like, that. Mm-hmm. take good notes. If you're in the lab, take good notes. Yes. So if somebody picks up after you left, they're not screaming and cursing you out in their mind at every opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just jumping back into how complex, really the process of how cellular life works. What would you say, because we're seeing it right now with coronavirus, a lot of people are pretty much saying, I got the cure. Or, I got the solution to your problem. What are some barriers of effectiveness for treatments to, you know, clearly a viral infection, flu like symptoms, uh, everything that's kind of being related to when coronavirus enters your body? Like, why would elderberry, colloidal silver, and a lot of these herbal tinctures, cell food supplements, like, how? What are the barriers of effectiveness to improving cell health? Like, why does this not work?
1: The issue is, you know, I don't fault people for believing in these things. Um, Science is complicated. They don't really teach it in school. They teach you the basics in school. So, you know, there's a lot of mystery and just a lot of fear and skepticism around science. So I understand like wanting to believe these simple solutions will make you feel better because you understand them. Elderberry is not gonna stop the virus, guys. Taking is not gonna stop it. And you know, it's so funny because it's like, <laughs> you, you'll take elderberry, but you won't eat fruits and vegetables and drink water and stop smoking and stop drinking and get plenty of sleep, which are things that actually help boost your immune system. You won't do any of those things but you'll take elderberry and all of a sudden that's just going to keep you safe from covid. No.
0: It is definitely a quick fix approach and very consistent with how humans like to approach medicine. Please yeah. give me the one pill that will fix all my problems or the one solution that will bring everything It's very frustrating because these people who are selling you these things know this.
1: They know that you don't know how things work. And they are preying on you and your lack of knowledge about these things to make a profit they don't care about your health If they cared about your health like i said they would encourage you to have like a healthy diet and to drink plenty of water get plenty of rest they don't encourage those things they say buy my thing and my thing will keep you safe
0: yeah no you're right on that uh some people try to package that in with their supplement as in like this will only work optimally as long as you exercise drink water do all the things and the reality of the situation is for a lot of people because in my other episodes we talked about how black people just don't have good self-care habits like as a culture we don't teach ourselves that and when you come from everything Black people have gone through. It's, it's understandable, you know, not only do we not know these things, we're just going off what resources we do have. And yeah. to be completely honest, those resources oftentimes don't work. Uh, look, y'all, I'm, I'm kind of Jamaican. I'm Jamaican enough to be able to talk about this topic and not have everyone like jump down my throat. I understand the importance and the cultural significance of herbalism and a lot of these indigenous traditional practices that led to the solutions that people are still touting today. Like the root idea that you can use a plant and then extract the component from said plant matter to then solve a problem in the body is exactly what they're doing in the lab. Like by the time you have a concentrated solution of something, it's because they extracted it from whatever source and then just put it all in a bottle. And then by the time it gets to you or someone who's doing like cell culture, you're literally getting the calculations and the concentrations right to be like, how much of this can I add to my cellular media so they don't die? Cause I need to add enough for them to eat, but I don't want to overfeed them that it might disturb the environment. Like it's that, it's that complex in which having a one size fits all solution like elderberry, it it just it just doesn't it doesn't work, y'all. It 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 doesn't work. Like we think about people boosting their immune system. What about if a person is immunocompromised? I don't know why I couldn't talk for a second, but <laughs> what if this person's immunocompromised? What if they have an overactive immune system? How does elderberry help them to regulate? So it's like what if your immune system is not already strong? the helps to bring it back into equilibrium or if your immune system's overreactive, it helps to bring it back into like those are two different mechanisms. Like once you understand certain aspects of immunology and the reason why some people have allergies, while others don't, I, it requires a lot of cellular signaling. It's just not as simple as people would like. But also when you have a better understanding of it, you can have an appreciation of just like what's going on that you can't see. Because I try to make the analogy the same way mental health is important. It's amazing how thoughts, essentially, electrical chemicals and signaling synapses firing when they're imbalanced or out of alignment, like the person's health is bad. But when they're firing and focusing like correctly is good and it's amazing how much is like thoughts that are just not right can cause so much impact on their health thoughts of these small intangible things we can't touch and they can have such an impact on our health same wing with bacteria viruses and everything everybody thinks they're big and strong until they get food poisoning that one good time yeah
1: you um just because you think you're healthy doesn't mean that your immune system is healthy. There have yeah. been plenty of people who exercise every day, eat right, have all of that, never get sick, and have died from COVID because you never know how your immune system is going to respond to a virus that it has never encountered before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. no like idea this-
1: what is going to happen.
0: Like, this is new to human populations. Like, this virus is brand new. We don't have the same level of resistance to it as we do to, like, influenza strains or uh, the common cold, which is also caused by some coronaviruses. You got some rhinovirus, you got coronaviruses. I learned that recently. I was like, oh, word, that's cool. But uh, the point is, your body's not ready for it. And big knuck, if you buck energy, it will lay your ass out. yeah
1: you don't you don't want to take that risk like wash your hands wear a face mask get the vaccine
0: get the vaccine
1: get the vaccine unless you can explain to me how vaccines work and how the immune system works i don't want to hear it. if you can't explain that to me i don't want to hear what you have to say about why you don't want to get it I've, i've that's like my favorite thing to ask people i'm like so tell me how it works silence because they don't expect to meet somebody that knows how it works
0: And I would even say for that person, for wherever you're getting your information, does the person who's like challenging you to think about these things, do they make sure that you understand the mechanisms behind what they're giving you? Because your doctor can tell you why this pill should act on this action in the body or on this organ. The doctor can explain that. But whoever you're going to for like actual advice, they can't explain that fully or explain the mechanisms behind why it does that. Like yeah. they don't know. All they can say is I've seen studies here and I've heard from here and I got teachings from here and that's why this works like this. And it's not It's not an entire collective group in which scientists and medical doctors have to literally, look, science is all about ripping each other's ideas apart. Like they enjoy it. That's <laughs> that's, that's really the process. They do. So, they do yeah yeah Yeah, a lot of these people
1: they'll just what they'll do to make you feel like you can trust the information is they'll just use a lot of big scientific words i've read some things that i'm like this literally doesn't make sense you could google some of the terms that they use and it'll have nothing to do with what they're talking about but also the issue is people don't know how to read things and then pick out things from whatever they read and go look it up on their own So they will read things, especially if they confirm their biases, and they will just run with it. They won't look into it any further.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And if it's one thing, like, Black people, I get it. Y'all have a reason to have these biases. (laughs) Yeah, but... No, no, trust me, like, look, look, I'm... No, no, no,
1: it's not that. It's like, yes, like, I I know a lot about, like, the history of, like, what's happening between us and medicine. I know more than the average person does. And someone will be making up stuff. I'm like, "That that didn't happen. It actually it was worse what happened. Yeah, <laughs> It yeah. was actually worse, but that's not what actually happened. Yeah, no. So,
0: no they,
1: they, did, they weren't injecting people with syphilis. They weren't injecting people with syphilis during the Tuskegee experiments. Those people had syphilis already and they lied to them and said that they were going to treat them and instead they watched them deteriorate and get worse and become sterile because they went to study how syphilis affected the body, even though they had to cure the whole entire time. That's more terrifying than them yeah. injecting you syphilis.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. It is an ethical nightmare, and it only ended in the 70s. People think like these kind of ideas and practices have been far in the past. No, yeah.
1: up until like the 90s, actually, some stuff has been happening. Early 2000s too. Let's just put that in there too. However, with all that being said, because of the things that have happened to our people, our ancestors. And just the lives that have been used for science, that means that we deserve all of the outcomes that have come from that. We deserve it.
0: Yeah, like I'm a huge proponent of Black people should be getting free health care. Well, getting back on topic with just specific lab research, Look, y'all, if it was easy as elderberry, colloidal silver, and these herbal tinctures, laboratories would be saving hella money. Because they don't have to pay for antibiotics. They don't have to pay for reagents to do their experiments. They can literally just buy the same products you're buying and then complete the experiments while making sure they eliminate for bacteria they don't want in their media, bacteria they don't want on their petri dishes, because that's what these products are supposed to do. They're supposed to be antiviral and antimicrobial and antibacterial, depending on what you're buying. That's the claim. But I guarantee you, if I went up to my PI and was like, look, I'm about to put in an order of 20 elderberry bottles, she just took away my ability to purchase lab supplies like that's (laughs) (laughs) it's funny though you talk about like the money that goes into research
1: and it's just like getting funding to do your research is super super hard you have to crank out grant after grant after grant there is there really is no money in in research like people seem to think there is people seem to think that oh you know they're just they're just trying to make money off of us i'm like Dude, do you know how long it takes us to get funding? Especially small labs. Small labs where like breakthroughs are coming through. Um, I just recently read that the, um, the woman that was doing research on the mRNA that was like used for the, the vaccines that we have for COVID now. Four decades of research on that. Four yeah. decades. Yeah. This woman was making less than 60K. Four decades of her life went into this. Yeah. So another point is that these things don't happen right away.
0: Yeah, there
1: was there was a project that I was working on um, where the woman I was working with, she started that she started that project at when she was getting her doctorate degree. And 20 years later, she made the breakthrough to get the money in order to finish her experiment. It took her 20 years to get to that point. science is a very slow moving thing
0: uh and I wish that was something people could appreciate more because depending on what you're studying things have to move slow for you to make sure you eliminate any possible biases errors like the troubleshooting process of making sure what you're really trying to get you actually got it's it's there's a reason why you got to go to school to learn how to do that because it's not an easy process it is not intuitive whatsoever mm. um but yeah you you've said everything like rich linsky launched no e coli evolutionary project at msu dude's been doing that for well over 20 years and it's one of the, like the pivotal experiments for his field But for him to have like 20-year level data, he had to wait and complete his experiment every day Mm -hmm. for 20 years. Yeah. That's not a small commitment. It's not.
1: I've been doing the same experiments for the last seven years over and over and over again.
0: Over and over and over again. Over. Like if it was as simple as adding herbs to figure it out, people's lives would not essentially be swallowed up in the lab it really wouldn't it really wouldn't if this waste my time to... doing this yeah uh, but kind of just circling back to something you had said earlier about what people do to kind of manipulate people mm-hmm. with scientific language when they don't have an understanding it's not only a manipulation of scientific language it's also <laughs> the manipulation of the cultural narrative behind whatever they're trying to sell to you because for a lot of people hey when you're receiving medicine over the counter it's nothing more than you know western science western society the white man trying to give you his pills yada 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 because we just assume that this practice of science which plenty of cultures have done <laughs> of so many different cultures somehow just came from this group of people and they're using it to poison us Right. And that's not the case at all. No, they're using it to save their lives. <laughs> like, like if white people want it, I want it. <laughs> like, no, like, no, really, really, really. You think they're running the things that kill them? No, you got poor black people who won't even be able to get access to vaccines within their communities because rich, affluent, or whoever from whichever direction, they literally came to their neighborhood and got the vaccine. Like they are not stopping to get access to this life-saving tool because they know what it's about. But for Black people, you know, these people sell you, like, these products, herbal, get more in touch with your traditional roots, your biology's different because you're Black, or you need to just be doing whatever was associated with the motherland. Like, it's a very... It's a very uh, cultural centric narrative intentionally, because when you have a people whose self-esteem is just trash for obvious reasons, when we are sold things and we get told that the narrative is somehow this makes us not only feel better, look better, or has me identify more with what I consider to be uniquely myself, that even the the world may hate me for it. This is what's great about me. Hey, it's a selling point for a reason. It 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 really is. And it sucks. Those kind of people don't care about they don't.
1: Because you'd because be giving it out for free.
0: This is the goal. exactly.
1: You would be giving it out for free. If and you really
0: cared about us, you would give it out for free.
1: You'd be giving it out for free. And yeah. you wouldn't be living in these mansions and shit, but you do.
0: Yeah. I mean they're giving this vaccine out for free. I, I ain't seen nobody hand me no sea moss for free. <laughs> Oh, they ain't going like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing that
1: I, I like about being a researcher is that because I spend so much time reading scientific papers and whatnot and studies, I like that I'm able to put things in layman's terms for people in my family so that they are more trusting. Everyone in my family is vaccinated now. And I like to think that I was a part of that because I sat down and I explained to them how things work. I said it in very simple terms that they will understand and they trust me. And I was one of the first people to get it so that they could see like, hey, look, I got it and
0: I'm okay. Yeah. Please get the vaccine. Huh? Please, please get the vaccine, y'all. Please. Uh, your ancestors wanted us to live. Please get the vaccine. We
1: are disproportionately being killed and affected by COVID. Yeah. So I want y'all to get out there and get it. Please. Or at least, at least have the older people in your family get it
0: yeah there's no reason for essentially a generation of legacies and stories we haven't even been able to gain all the lessons from or appreciate for them to die off because that's really effed up and these banks are collecting up their houses because they didn't leave a will but that's not even related to this at all the point is the situation is terrible please don't make it worse get the shot get the shot get the shot (laughs) uh Gosh, I don't, I don't know if we really need to touch herbal stuff anymore. We've, 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 we've gone into it. Uh, I guess one, one thing because he, he just irritates me. Cell food, you know who I'm talking about. Cell food, doctor. Cell. Food. Uh, he who uh, shall not be named. <laughs> well, I'm a name him. No, 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 that's cool. So one <laughs> of the main issues with why cell food is absolute bullshit is that. As my friend has clearly explained, there's so many different cell types in the body. How do you have one pill, which is somehow a cocktail that can optimally meet the needs of all those cells in the body? When you start to get into the function of cell types, like, because everything starts off as a stem cell, then specific signaling leads to them to be, uh, not necessarily diversified, but gives them a specific function. I can't remember that term brain cells different from a liver cell, liver cells different from your skin cell, all of them function differently even though they came originally from the same source. And a lot of signaling and genetics goes into that. So then the next question then becomes, how in the heck do you have a product that somehow meets all the needs Of the liver and the brain cell even though they're completely like they're on other opposite sides of the spectrum with function and behavior your liver detoxifies it doesn't need to communicate with synapses what the liver needs is not what the brain cell needs (laughs) like it's not so be wary wary of anybody who says they have a cure because they don't
1: yeah and they say on the bottom of their page that they don't yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll literally tell you at the bottom of their website that these are not cures as they're saying these are cures in their thing.
0: Yeah, and it's because they don't want to get sued because they yeah. know you take that to court, that's they ass.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm putting that out there for a reason. That's the ass. <laughs> Either way, you can hold pharmaceutical companies somewhat uh, responsible and liable, like even with this opioid crisis, Sacklers and Purdue have been sued their pants off. You can't do that with people who don't even need like FDA approval or any of the different regulatory steps necessary to make sure you can hold somebody accountable when shit hits the fan. So let's not lose more black people because at a time when there is a crisis, same time when it was during HIV in the eighties, people like this came forward saying they had cures. They did not. And that's why that disease still, well, not HIV, but AIDS itself, that disease still smacks this community today. They don't have to care. If they did, the problem would be solved. Sure. And you wouldn't have to pay for it. You wouldn't have to pay for it. Why would you charge the poorest people?
1: Right. The people oh, wow. you claim to
0: love so much. Why would you charge them $300 for cell food? Except like $1,500 a bottle. Like, I know the prices would be varying and whatnot, but I'm just like, If you are so black and connected to the culture and the community that you know what we've been through and you know the struggles we face, why in the heck would you sell something so expensive when you know it's something I need to live? Yeah, it's all about making money. Dollars. I don't have any cash. I'd make it rain, but I don't have any. You don't have to. So I'll add in the the thing. Please don't. Okay. (laughs) All right. Finally, last question, because thank you for sharing your time and I've eaten up a lot of it. Uh, What are you doing at this time for self-care during this pandemic? Mm, I mean, honestly, my whole
1: life is (laughs) self-care. So many things haven't changed too much. I, I love to lounge and lay around. I like to read a lot watch movies, listen to music. Um, I just got into stretching because this 30 year old body's starting to catch up to me, you know so I, I gotta stretch it out, spending time with like I lived at home with my parents so spending time with my family, having zoom calls or like texting with my friends and just praying to God that everyone gets the vaccine. I can go outside again.
0: <laughs> I know the streets are calling. They, they are call, all of us. Y'all could just act right. We could play outside. We could be outside right now. Yeah, cases are rising again. What? Really? I know, shocking. Shocking, shocking. Gosh, it's, I'd say it's funny, but it's not funny. It's absolutely monstrous that it required like half a million dead people for us to finally start moving in the right direction when it came to vaccine. Distribution and really getting a handle on the pandemic. But it really doesn't make any sense for us who are being socially irresponsible to make it worse. Like it doesn't.
1: The way that I've seen some people live, you would think the pandemic wasn't even going on right now.
0: The whole time, they've just been having. As soon as they heard, please stay inside, they were just like, make me. (laughs) And that was really- (laughs) Oh,
1: it's like, oh, now I'm an introvert before, but now I'm an extrovert, and I'm going to be out every single day.
0: Every single day. All my photos don't have masks, because I don't need it. And I'm in crowds too, and traveling, and you know, doing all of that. We're both very bitter. We're both very bitter and frustrated. You don't think we didn't want to enjoy ourselves too? I'm tired of seeing y'all. I'm tired of seeing y'all have fun. I want to have fun too. Just got to be patient and sit still for a second. I'm an essential worker. I'm a corona crash dummy out here. You don't think I want to do things that will allow me to just have fun instead of working and maybe dying? Like, dang. <laughs> Thank you for coming onto the show, giving your wonderful experience and just letting people know like what you do in science. Black women are everywhere when it comes to different fields, and it's good to just shine a light on those who are making a great impact and really opening up doors for the next ones after them. If you feel some kind of way about the things I said about herbs, again, I'm Jamaican. I I get it. You can't tell a Jamaican person how not important herbs are. (laughs) So... Uh, see what you
1: get there yeah
0: with that being said uh we still gotta do what keeps us alive so that's what matters all right y'all y'all take it easy thank you for joining us again for another episode of for the cultures be easy out here and stay safe don't be black but please get your shots